This is the Bourbon Bookshelf Podcast, where we cover books, beverages, and the general BS of the day. A few disclaimers, we are not literary experts, or experts in anything for that matter, and explicit content should be expected. I am your host, Barry Price. I hope you enjoy the show. Good evening, fellas. Evening. Howdy. What y'all doing? Talking out. on a podcast. Yeah. yeah. Brings great fame and fortune. It Dick does. Around. What uh, What are you guys drinking? I've got Tito's and some kind of sparkling water. Good. It's pina colada. Oh. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say something about being on a Whole30 because I was going to call you on it. After your wife's Instagram post yesterday, <laughs> Jared, bro. Oh, sorry. Yes, those fries were amazing. They looked amazing. Whole thirty fries. They're, they're not whole thirty fries. <laughs> <laughs> Neither were the other five dishes. <laughs> I had Low Country Pad Thai. Oh, yum. What that have in it? What made the, it low country? That it had shrimp and some kind of sausage, Ooh. and scallions maybe. I don't know if that makes it low. Oh, scallops. Ooh. Did it have potatoes? I don't think so. Dang. The fries did though. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly. Jared, what are you yeah. drinking? I'm just drinking a bourbon and water. Bourbon and water. What kind of bourbon? Uh, had a buddy give me a bottle of. Uh, it's called Agitator. Primary, primarily a uh, a wine company. Anyway, just bourbon aged in some some old wine barrels. Be careful with that one. <laughs> it's pretty good. I uh, I can do wine aged in bourbon barrels, but bourbon aged in wine barrels. <laughs> it's not <Don't> do it. <laughs> doesn't fly looks good though i had a beer one time that was aged in bourbon barrels and it damn near made me throw up it was off so awful <laughs> what i feel like you can't turn back once you open it though you gotta get rid of it you gotta sell it the Depending beer. on what? how long you the, oh. the beer, the oh, beer. Yeah. Yeah. No, you yeah. can't just you can't just trash it. <laughs> oh, you got you got to sell. Luckily, I got it at a bar and I had a pint. Uh, <laughs> are you I'm doing? drinking Tito's and Topo. Ooh. I think and next week we're gonna make sure we need to have have bourbon on. Well, I uh, I had full intentions of going to get some bourbon today, but I just never made it happen. And I actually still have this whistle pig over here, which I don't like. You can send it blasphemy, huh? I don't, blasphemy. I like it. I just am not a fan of of rice. I guess I don't know. But and it gives me a headache. So, uh, even when consuming in moderation, <laughs> do what, John? Probably because you got the cheap one. Yeah, it is only. Sixty-five dollars for the bottle. I have I have been getting. Well, I bought a bottle of Garrison Brothers for my Colorado trip, and it was nice. That's a, only a hundred-dollar bottle. Yeah, but I buy the pints, which are forty-four oh, yeah. for a pint. I should just buy the whole bottle. <laughs> um, but I finished it off last night, which actually, you know, I'm I'm not a huge fan of drinking bourbon's neat just because i like cold drinks and i like to take the bite out of it a little bit but i drank last night's neat and uh kind of liked it i feel like i savored it a little bit more more sipped on it and then i could taste i feel like i could taste more of the profile mm -hmm. what was the profile i don't know <laughs> It, it actually it tasted once I was all done it kind of was like lingering like a cigar which was which I liked it was nice I feel like if you say caramel you can't go wrong 
probably vanilla for sure vanilla yeah. <laughs> oak taste of some rose petals yeah actually all these texas ones are mesquite mesquite i think sorry jared <laughs> say it yeah speak up i want to talk louder to the fall because <laughs> supposedly from my understanding that's when buffalo trace ships out all their their product is that true john i don't know i i am still on bad terms with buffalo trace oh well i, I still want some of their stuff over here. i've got a funny buffalo trace story did i tell you all this on did we talk about this tell it again the other day i was really craving some i only know of one liquor store in in town liquor. to get it at <laughs> you barely even know her perry <laughs> you're married sorry oh <laughs> uh, but anyways there's only this one liquor store I know of that has it. It's called Bill's Bottle Shop. And it's like 500 yards from my house. But I've got another one that's more convenient. And I'm like, you know, I'll just go here and I'll just get Buffalo Trace next time. While I was in the liquor store, some guy comes storming in like it's an emergency. He goes, you guys have any Buffalo Trace here? I've been looking for all over town. <laughs> And the lady goes, no. And he goes, God damn. He's like, I'll find some somewhere. Turns around and leaves. No, you won't. Nope. Not unless you know about Bill's Bottle Shop. I didn't know. <laughs> and her brave Buffalo enough to Trace go in was there. so hard to get there. <laughs> uh, do what, John? I didn't know Buffalo Trace was so scarce down in Midland. Well, I didn't either until I started actively looking for it. And then I ordered one the other day at dinner, and the lady goes, oh, yeah, you're the guy that drinks the Buffalo Trace. <laughs> She's like, we were trying to remember the other day who drinks Buffalo Trace on the rocks. Guess I'm the only one. They keep it in They're probably trying to decide if they should order more. <laughs> probably. I just want to try Weller's, man. Which comes from Buffalo Trace. Get you some. But I mean, it's hard to find. I want the, uh, they have a shirt that says, eat meat, drink buffalo, that I really want. I like that. Wink, wink. Got a birthday coming up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, you do. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. On that part. About the birthday or the buffalo shirt? Well, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> the birthday is occurring and the shirt is real <laughs> but i'm gonna turn 32 no matter what right <laughs> 31 oh yeah that, 32 is me yeah i'm younger than you guys <laughs> jared you just turned 31 right just yeah because you did just a 50, in march did a 50k Right. Ah. That was a few weeks after. I don't know where the time even goes anymore. Nope. I'm going to get you the party animal shirt. <laughs> I may have asked my wife for that eat, eat meat, drink buffalo, but I can't remember. Um, something else, too, that occurred the other day. I want y'all's opinion on this. I was talking to a guy, and he goes, uh, says, you guys are really some avid readers I mean, just, you know, having a book every two weeks for the show. And I really don't feel like I read all that much or nearly as much as I could or want to, for that matter. <laughs> and in my seven hours of cell phone screen time will justify that statement. <laughs> That's daily, folks. <laughs> I got my screen time back the other day. It was seven hours on my phone and four hours on my iPad. And I'm like, what? Do I even work? Yeah. <laughs> Three hours of sleep and yeah. eight hours of work. Well, dude, I was looking at my uh, books read list uh, for 2021, and it's not nearly as long as I thought it would be at this point. 
Yeah, mine either. I'm at I'm at 14 as of the, well 15 now as of this recording. Uh, My goal was 36, so I'm quite a ways behind schedule. If you keep reading 150 pages before the show, well, that only it. works if I'm on schedule <laughs> coming into it. <laughs> if I, I take I two reading. weeks off, <laughs> do what, John? Looks like Kendall has reading insights. I'm wondering if it's for some reason it's loading. Uh, that'll probably be pretty and pretty informative. It says I've read ten titles this year, but I don't think that's accurate on the. I guess that's probably accurate for on the Kindle. Kindle, yeah. You've read a few paperbacks. <laughs> I'm on a hot streak right now. Sixteen days in a row. Oh man, don't screw that up. That's about my record on digital. That's one of the things I like. That's a pro digital check check mark is the kind of goal and time tracking type stuff. But I have not, I don't even know where my iPad's at collecting dust somewhere. Um, but I say that, say I could read. If I read all the time I spent looking at Instagram, I feel like I could read a hundred books a year. Easy. Well, doesn't even Dave Ramsey say two books a month? I think so. Well, maybe one. One at the average millionaires average one nonfiction book a month. So one nonfiction. So who knows what they're reading otherwise? Yeah. I kind of try to do that, but I don't ever. I never actually get one finished, so I can't ever count it. I'll do like 10 pages a day and get halfway through and put it down, which is fine on a book like that, I think. Yeah, you're still getting the benefit. Yeah, I don't know how to, I don't need to know how Millionaire Next Door ends. It's got a twist in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the only other thing I had to follow up on, um, Jared, what book do you have this week? I have Lords of the Fly by Monty Burke. That's right. So you're helping the helping my point. You've had some kind of obscure books the last several episodes, which is good. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was just thinking about obscure books I've read and wanted to comment that my favorite one. It's called The Village Horse Doctor by Ben K. Green. Go check it out. It's about a veterinarian out of Fort Stockton, Texas, back in World War II days. A cocaine-addicted veterinarian out of Fort Stockton. <laughs> what inspired you to read that one? Uh, somebody recommended it to me, just because it's all set in West Texas and it's like a ranch and he goes out and treats people's livestock and stuff. So he had to travel all over West Texas. I guess you got to stay awake somehow. Yeah. A lot of space out there. Mm-hmm. A lot of empty miles. So that's that. So Lords of the fly, John, what do you have? Well, speaking of obscure titles, <laughs> I have the number one, um, ranked book on the new york times bestseller fiction list uh, billy summers by stephen king <laughs> stephen king king of what <laughs> i got the painter by peter heller i feel like we just had a book on him yeah last, last episode. episode we had the river <laughs> You think we'll uh, have any more from him anytime Good. soon? Yeah, stay tuned. We'll see what happens. Maybe a lot more. John, let's hear about yours. All right. Well, like I said, I had Billy Summers by Stephen King. This came out uh, at the time of this release two and a half weeks ago. I was in Barnes & Noble looking for a moleskin or skine or whatever you say it. And I saw it in the window. And like, oh, I want to get picked that up. And it was Monday and it came out the next day. So they wouldn't give it to me, even with my dimples. 
And uh, anyway, I picked it up on Kindle. Uh, Barnes and Noble lost out on that sale, <laughs> and gave it a go. It's the it's the story of the last hit, the last job a hitman is going to do before he gets out of that life. Uh, it's a he even admits in the story that it's cliche, and. So he gets hired for this one last job, and of course everything goes awry, and he's got to um, get out of the mess he's gotten himself in so he can survive and go live his normal life. Um, but the the whole premise of the story is that they they plant this uh, the hitman in this town waiting for their the intended victim to arrive. And he's supposed to play a writer. Um, so he's he's rented an office and uh, writing a book. And the the main character, Billy Summers, that's not a giveaway, I hope, is starts writing a book while he's planning this hit. Can you settle down over there? Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, um, the hit happens and uh, everything goes awry. And so that's the the rest of the story follows him and his uh, companion that comes along and um, chases them through a data rabbit hole to a deeper and deeper conspiracy. But I definitely recommend it. I I went through it in about three days. and 500 pages kind of pretty thick even for stephen king and that sounds really good it and, was and I, was, I was pissed off when he told me that you had read it not that you had acquired it that you had read it <laughs> already on there's Friday. another title i'm working on right now that i was i was going to tell you that i i had read it not that i was reading it <laughs> How are you making any progress on that? Yeah, seventy-five percent of the way through. Did uh, Billy Summers finish his book? He, no, he did not. Is that going to give away the story? He did not finish his book. Okay. In the book, is that a spoiler? Yes, it is. Okay. I don't know if people are going to get rid of that. I need to figure out how to bleep stuff out. Yeah. Someone on YouTube knows. Yeah, I'll figure it out. Or you I can think it, it'd be funny to have stuff bleeped audio. out. Yeah. Add your own, add your own bleep yeah. whenever. Beep. <laughs> <laughs> this part of the program has been censored out <laughs> for your for your protection. Yeah, but John, I saw that book in Barnes and Noble this last uh this past weekend. Mm-hmm. That is that is a huge book. I was also surprised at the price of the book. Was it like 30 bucks? Fuck yeah, it was $30. I was like, God dang, man, this is getting out of hand. Uh, Stephen King needs that money so he can get taxed on it. I reckon so. <laughs> he, um, <clears throat> the, the story, I don't actually think, t- says where they're at for the first part of the story. Um, but I'm pretty sure they were in Arkansas based off of clues they were on the mississippi somewhere uh but i'm pretty sure they were in arkansas in a small town they eventually end up in colorado um at some Hold point it. in the story yep That's did it. you notice any crossovers yes um one of them was actually the shining no it- not the shine the actual shining is called out in it like the book uh the the overlook oh um there was i think there was another and there was an instance of the the shine though in the book i tried to pick up on other things in king's world i actually haven't read a whole lot wait someone has the shine Hmm? someone has the shine yeah there's different varying levels of it in the King, what is it, multiverse? Yeah. 
So he's always like, I've seen it, I think, a few times where he's alluding to it. And it felt like they just knew what I was thinking. That's the shine. Yeah. That's the shine. We've been watching this show called Manifest. And uh, don't, I, it's, a, it's good, but don't, I wouldn't just be going screaming out of your way to watch it. Um, but those people all have a shine of some sort, too. Uh, if you're into such things, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm not a big fan of like supernatural stuff. I like things that could actually happen. I, I don't mind the like his little working that crap in. Um, but it was nice, like the book. There wasn't really like it was all like real world stuff. Yeah. Well, he's definitely. We've talked about it before. Transition more to like a thriller. Mm-hmm. type novel i'm i'm the same way i don't like anything too supernatural like ghosts and demons and things like that i can i can get behind but like i, I don't even know where where you draw the line on supernatural but mm-hmm. maybe just in the way it's written i don't know well i do have a one-star review there's a few quite a few but they're in proportion to the five stars yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, that was best work yeah this one's titled dnf uh for 150 pages hitman billy plays with neighbors kids eats with neighbors constantly explains the details of what they're eating billy shops <laughs> on amazon <laughs> next day delivery <laughs> which is true I don't know if you've ever read a Stephen King book, but he, he likes his details. Oh, yeah. If, if you like it, all that, you should definitely check out The Stand. <laughs> <laughs> the unredacted or the un, the uncut yeah. version. Yeah. And, and every other one is complaining about politics. He does leave a lot of his distaste for our past president in. It's, I don't think it's overwhelming. It's just... Uh, comment here and there. Yeah, well, everybody's so hair triggered nowadays. Yeah, sometimes that's just too much. What? For some. Oh yeah. I put this book on a uh, the low end on the Giardia risk scale, though there was bam not not any time spent in uh, river. River water. Yeah. So I got actually a, a one beaver. <laughs> I've got some good stuff to follow up on there. Sounds good. Check yep. it out. Stephen King's not one we're probably gonna have to sell a whole lot. So yeah. But rent it from your library. Keep them yeah. busy, I guess. I don't guess you don't pay you at a library. You got to pay to get a library card, I think. Or if you're late returning your books. Our libraries here are more like... um, Public computers? Yeah, it's like computers and like you can go see like a Lego dinosaur thing. (laughs) It's weird. We have a cool one downtown though that's got a bunch of book murals painted on it. I need to go take a picture of it, actually. You know that uh, Buddhist monk art with the sand? Yeah, a Zen I've garden. Yeah, no, not a Zen garden. It's art that... Uh, um, oh, yeah, yeah, that, like in House of Cards or whatever. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm thinking yeah. of. Um, I've seen that there, and i also seen it in real life. They had one at uh, University of Arkansas when I was there. Um, but real sophisticated places have that the library in Midland, Texas has a dinosaur made out of Lego. <laughs> it's more like cardboard, like big. <laughs> <clears throat> They're nice buildings, though. Of course they are. Taxpayers paid for. <laughs> Jared, let's hear about yours. Yep. Uh, this round I have uh, Lords of the Fly, Madness, Obsession, and The Hunt for the World Record Tarpon by monty burke um that's the same guy that wrote your last book isn't it yep yep same guy wrote uh sal belly 
Um, and this is more along the line. I mean, it's basically on the along the lines of chasing big ass fish, um, just a different species. Um, so the the book he pretty much uh, starts off following a, uh, a a group guy a guy named Tom Evans. He is a he he ran a brokerage firm in New York. Uh, really wealthy guy who uh, found himself in the Keys fly fishing, um, and he hooked up with the uh, with the uh, with the guide. He started chasing. I'm probably gonna get this wrong, but I'm pretty sure he started off chasing uh, bonefish on on in the Keys, and uh, eventually found his way trying to chase a world record tarpon on the fly. Fly fishing back then was not fly fishing for tarpon back then wasn't as popular as it is today so people are catching world records left and right left and right you know um eventually the scenes at the keys got pretty wild this was all before margaritaville was even written uh and after that they were like jimmy buffett's margaritaville yeah 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 so they were like this is this is getting the scene here is getting crazy. We need to find a new place to fish. So they happen upon a place uh, north of Tampa called the Homosassa, the city of Ho- the town community at the time, Homosassa. And there was a huge, there's a huge flats there that is now known as uh, the Oklahoma, uh, the Oklahoma flats. <laughs> but anyway, this area is known for having humongous tarpon. So the first time they went out, they witnessed these huge tarpon, kept it a secret, then hit it hard the next year. This, this area wasn't very popular in the fishing community, except a few individuals. But at, over time, they started catching more and more record tarpon from this spot, bringing more and more anglers to the area. So the book kind of follows the progression of the history of Homosassa, uh, the flats there, and how the fishery rose and then has fallen to what it is now, nowhere near what the fishery was was before. But he goes through the tackle that the industry now uses. Before they were using like bamboo fly rods, uh, real you know ancient stuff, and then now to the history of the fiberglass rods history of the reels they use and how they got funding from all these uh, millionaire anglers wanting better reels to catch tarpon on um it it's pretty amazing you know but you know it kind of reminded me of if you want to be good at golf it it reminded me of this if you want to be golf you need two things you need time and you need money if you want to catch a world record tarpon you need time and you need a hell of a lot of money because you got to hire guides, not just for a day. You need to hire them for the entire season of of, of the tarpon run. The same go out every day, all for like day. months. Yeah, these guys they go out every day, all day. That makes me think of like uh, when they someone pulls a ram tag, like in Arizona, where there's or they mm-hmm. buy one for mm-hmm. one hundred fifty thousand dollars, and they. They hire a guide who spends six weeks out scouting the perfect ram for this guy yeah. so he can bring him out and just shoot it. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, but the guides have to be good, but the anglers also have to be good. You can't just be a, a scrub coming up there on the bow of this flats boat expecting to catch a 150-pound tarpon on 12-pound monofilament. So, like, you got there – there's a skill involved – and it's it's like really i mean it's really fascinating just to see how how things progressed over time you know it used to be a little unknown flat and then has become completely overrun with anglers what it is today um you know there's not nearly as many tarpon uh, at, at this area primarily due to uh uh habitat loss and uh development and uh on the mainland so these guys are fly fishing for these huge fish 
Yeah, yeah. This they they started. I mean, they are basically the folks that are. There are a bunch of people mentioned in this book, and uh, but they they uh, Bert basically focuses on the old timers, mainly uh, Tom Evans, um, who could be considered the greatest tarpon fly fisherman in the history of of the of the sport. Um, he's caught several world records, and I'm pretty sure he still holds them today. But, you know, it's kind of funny the, with the younger crowd, the, the, the records aren't being broken hardly ever anymore. You don't hear about it anymore because they're, they're trying to – because of the tarpon decline, they're trying to preserve these huge tarpon. And you can't just take a 200-pound fish out of the water and expect it to live after you weigh it by the jaw like mm -hmm. like they have to be killed they have to be killed but uh but so basically due to conservation you're probably not going to see that a whole lot anymore um but which is a good thing but i mean if you if be honest if i hook up with a 215 pound tarpon that could break a world record reeling that thing in I might have to gaff it, dude. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> It'd be hard. Like, like the sportsman in me, you know, you'd be instant. I mean, not for the fame, but I don't know. I wouldn't it's mind having glory. one of those things over my fireplace. <laughs> right, yeah. Are yeah. they in deep water or shallow water? Um, pretty shallow. The The flat, the Oklahoma flat, that it's named is pretty shallow although it's about eight to nine feet so it's not a flat like you would find in the keys where you can wait it you still have to uh pull around a lot um it's, it's a completely different kind of fishing out there due to the keys but they were telling a story um that they were in the middle of one of these trips and Tom, from eating a whole bunch of fried food out on one of these trips, had to take a shit. And uh, the, the guide, Huff, that's his last name, I can't remember his first name, but he uh, he's telling Tom, you got to hurry up. There's a huge school of tarpon coming, like big ones. And he's like, just take the fly rod while he's on the back of the boat, just letting it all hang out. But anyway, Huff hooks up and lands a – a record-breaking uh, tarpon, and uh, there's a quote later that uh, Tom Evans was on the phone with his wife saying that was the worst shit he's ever taken. Because <laughs> <laughs> he missed it. Yeah, because he missed it. But he never, he never, he never posted that. Like uh, he never sent the fish in for official review or anything, just because he was the guide of the boat, and that's not. Uh, was it proper? Yeah, not the right etiquette. etiquette. Yeah, but but damn, if you like fly fishing, I mean, this is this is the book for you. I mean, it, it touches literally on everything from just the madness of back in the day to you know cocaine and drugs, <laughs> drug abuse, womanizing <laughs> to to uh, pretty uh, prominent in the fly fishing community. Right. I mean, well, when you're in these little, it's like everyone's there for a certain time of year. So everyone knows everyone and there's right. drugs and booze going on. It's like a conference in Vegas. Yeah, exactly. And you get up early and go, all go fishing. Um, but you learn a lot of history about, you know, the, the, the fly tackle, what it is today. And, and um, some, learn more about the history of the names that you see today uh famous famous anglers and guides and uh but it, it's it's a great book really good good and uh any one stars that say otherwise there are no one star reviews wow out of 466 there are two there are two on amazon but is that all has to do with book condition <laughs> when it was received Mainly getting left out in the rain, it looks like. Oh, definitely Amazon's fault. Yeah. 
they're definitely the author's fault. <laughs> but uh, yeah, even the two star review, one two star review, damage cover. But yeah, give it a read. A uh, certain yeah. uh, paramilitary um, organization uh, loves leaving my packages in the rain because they're too just afraid to get up on my porch. What? It really pisses me off. <laughs> what does um, it rhyme with? What does the company rhyme with? Um, USPS. Oh, I got you. That's who they are. <laughs> but I feel like Amazon does most of their delivering, at least around here nowadays. Yeah. Uh, back in Augusta, it was all... Um, UPS, USPS, but now in uh, Raleigh, it's always an Amazon truck. Dude, I feel like they need to learn proper. They could learn something from the UPS delivery folks because they will park on the opposite side of the road and in the road to get to the house on the other end of the street, on the other side of the street. They probably know better they, than the USPS. I mean, lit, lit, I I think Barry Price once told me it's probably better than turning around, making a left turn. That's oh UPS, not USPS. Sorry. Oh yeah, UPS. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm I'm just saying, like, I, don't... I like Amazon to take a picture of it on your doorstep. Though our little mat tells us that it was delivered to the right place. Mm. UPS cannot seem to figure out where our apartment is because they deliver it to the wrong house every single time. <laughs> UPS always took it to the office at my apartment. Which was a so, huge pain in the ass. Yeah, they're closed at five. Yeah, four thirty. Uh, <laughs> ours it doesn't take packages anymore because of COVID. So that's lame. I've been having stuff shipped to the Amazon locker because I don't want it sitting out there in a walkway by a busy street. Yeah, the Amazon locker was super convenient. Mm-hmm. John shipped. John shipped me some something to uh san antonio while i was on vacation and the amazon locker was right across the street from our hotel what is an amazon locker it's literally a locker with a barcode scanner on it and they go put stuff in it you scan your barcode and it opens they have them at like gas stations and stuff no shit Yeah. yeah Saw a gas, saw one at a gas station in Idaloo, Texas. It's the damnedest thing I'd ever seen. It's actually the first time I'd ever seen one. Probably the only place they deliver in Idaloo. <laughs> Hometown of my best friend Josh Abbott. Um, I know it's hard to tell sarcasm on a on a podcast, but we're big fans of Josh Abbott over here at the Broken Book Show. <laughs> I actually have grown quite fond of that one song, The Highway Kind or whatever, which upsets me a little bit. I actually thought it was John John Bauman or Bowman, however you say it. I thought it was Bauman. I don't know. John B. I, uh, I used to get drunk and um, get pissed off at people on Twitter. And Josh Abbott blocked me on both of his accounts. <laughs> I remember. And he gave you a signed CD. You're one of his yeah. early adopters. I was at a concert with him one time, and I was the only one standing by the stage. Everyone else was too scared to get up there by the stage. He's up there. <laughs> Doing the Chupacabra. <laughs> Fuck that song. <laughs> I love that song. I have I have mixed feelings about it. Jared, you sent us that that song, and I listened to it. And I'm like, what the hell is this? It's a collaboration. All right, y'all ready to keep it going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's... <laughs> I uh, have the Painter by Peter Heller. We have uh, covered a couple other his of his books, The Dog Stars, uh, which was a fantastic book, and The River, which John presented in our last episode, uh, also sounded fantastic. This book was no different. It's very good. It's a little bit easier to read. 
um, than the Dog Stars was. It was written in a similar style, uh, but wasn't wasn't as as I don't know, rambling, I guess, as the Dog Stars was. Uh, and I actually kind of like the writing style. It's it's more it's kind of your main character's just general thought line. So I think it really helps to to put you in the moments, but. Um, this book is about a painter who was based out of Taos and Santa Fe area, an area that we're all familiar with. And so, uh, part of the reason I picked it up and, uh, said painter gets, uh, gets in some trouble in the Santa Fe area. So he moves up to Southern Colorado to kind of live as a, as a recluse up there, sort of off the grid out of society, just paint in a small town. And uh, I'll be damned if he doesn't get in some trouble up there. Mm-hmm. So he heads right back on down to, to the Santa Fe area. Uh, the story kind of plays out down there. He had to go do a, a commissioned painting. Uh, and and really, you know, he, had, he has all kinds of obstacles related to, to his past troubles. Uh, follows them all through the, the entire story. But uh, I really enjoyed it. The, the main character is Big Fly Fisherman, uh, which was the case in The Dog Stars as well. And uh, a lot of the book sort of revolves around that as he, uh, it's what he does to escape and relax that and paint. And uh, ties his own ties. You can tell the author's, uh, you know, pretty knowledgeable of the subject and definitely an interest to his. I was in the the river too. Yeah. Are we a fly fishing podcast? Apparently. <laughs> I like I'm gonna, it. I'm going to start tagging it as one. <clears throat> and, uh, but I really enjoyed it because he, you know, most of the books set in the Santa Fe area, which uh, we go to about once a year for Lucky. And uh, I mean, it, it was good. I recognized even street names and restaurants that he mentioned. Um, and so I always enjoy that. And maybe for the first time in the history of this podcast, our main character contracted Giardia. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> wow. It's about time. Yeah. And I actually took a picture of it where it happened, but so I can make a, a quote post of it later. <laughs> But I really enjoy his writing. Uh, we'll have more more coming on that soon. And uh, I've got some one-star views here. You talk about fishing for like the Rio Grande cutthroat, anything? Mm-hmm. Does he dive into that? Uh, I wouldn't say he dives into that, but he... he uh, I don't know. Who was I talking to? I was talking to a buddy the other day. I ran into him at Barnes and Noble and we're going to sidetrack a little bit here. <laughs> Actually, let me do the one star reviews and we'll come back to that. Y'all don't let me forget. <laughs> um, one star reviews. I could not finish this book. I found it very disturbing and could not relate to any of the characters. Ugh. Um, let's see. Did not enjoy this book. Bad writing, misinformation, and a sloppy storyline. Let's see. This is one of the worst books I have ever read. I cannot believe anyone chose to publish this garbage. The main character is a middle-aged whiny mess of a male who is stuck at about 15 years old. What a waste of time. (sighs) There was a two-star comment that I really liked, too. It's real long, so I won't read it, but the title is A Ridiculous Male Fantasy of a Book. What's the name of the, the, the reviewee? Reviewer? Isaac Garcia. No, I didn't see that coming. No, it surprised me too when I read it. But definitely recommend the book. Um, if you've read The Dog Stars and haven't read this one, uh, you need to get on it. It's a pretty quick read. I read most of it today, actually, about half of it. And uh, nice cover work there. And as you guys know, the settings settings of the stories are important to me. So that's 
that's what drew me into the book originally was it being set in the Santa Fe area. So I think it really helps to be in a place where that, you know, or mm-hmm. you've seen. I agree. Or can at least uh, picture up, you know, like Ed Abbey talking about Canyon lands. Yeah. If you've never been there, you're going to have a hard time making sense of what it's really like. Or the Hardyville exit on I-95. Yep. The Institute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's <laughs> a pretty discreet one, that. but... <laughs> not, nothing, nothing special about that. <laughs> but that's a good example. <laughs> so anyways, check it out. Um, now, back to the story. I ran yes. into my buddy the other day. Jared, you probably know more about this at Barnes & Noble. He's a big fly fisherman himself. And uh, he was telling me that the Gila Wilderness has a species of trout that's endemic or whatever to that area Mm -hmm. you know anything about this jared does the the gila trout yeah i guess let me look at hang on (laughs) all right no the that that area just the the gila wilderness is is has a, a lot of species that are endemic. There's like a, a Gila, I believe it's called the Gila chub. It's been a long time since I've even read about this, but it's a, it's a species of uh, basically a minnow hmm. that is endemic to the area, but is under threat uh, due to the green sunfish invading. They took some pretty drastic measures to try to save it, but really? Anyway, that's that's besides the point. Didn't he spend some time working with minnows in the mighty Pecos? I, I hell yeah, I did. <laughs> did my undergrad on on some killifish there, which are not minnows, but there's two invasive species there, and they eat they they eat freaking everything. Other people around here would call them mud minnows, but. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, the Gila trout. Nice. I, see right here. I don't know what triggered that. I think he's saying the real grain trout. That's a pretty fish, man. But yeah, that's cool. That's cool shit. He said he was after him. He's gone and, and caught them, or what? Um, at the time he hadn't, but. When I talked to him, he was saying he was trying to plan a trip to the Gila. Probably and uh, I actually think he went. So I'll, I'll need to, I'll run into him again. I see him about once a week at Barnes and Noble. So <laughs> that's probably a bucket list fish. I'll be curious to know if he got any, if he went. He's a big fly fisherman, though. He'll go on like super quick trips to like uh, places that are a long ways from here. <laughs> to go to go fly fish for a couple of days you know and come back which is admirable i think probably damn good at it too um i've got a real quick thing to follow up on from my book uh billy summers makes a book recommendation i feel it's a good place to share it um blood meridian by cormac look wow. at that mccarthy cormac I, you know, we didn't get much closure when we did that poll on Instagram. No, we did not. Was it a 50-50 draw? It was pretty close. I'd have to go find it. Ooh. But I said Cormick or Cormac, and a lot of people said I say Cormuck. And Whoa. so we need a three – we need a, like, pie chart poll. That's false. Instagram. <laughs> I think I say Corm – I guess I say Cormick probably. Cormick. I say Mick. And uh, real quick, too, I would like to make a shout out to our one of our number one fans. Uh, she did follow up on one of my action items last week <laughs> and rated the podcast and uh, shared it with her friends. And we really appreciate you, Jessica. Oh, really? Thank she rated you. it? Thank you. Make sure you guys are rating 
uh, leaving reviews and uh, sharing the podcast. Yep, that's that's how we grow. Only rate it if you think it's five star. Yeah, or don't. If you leave a one star, we're gonna read it. So, um, and then we'll but, find you. Yeah, <laughs> but leaving one stars is not good for us. So don't do it to be funny. <laughs> I, I try to go rate us five stars every time I can. I don't know if it, <laughs> it probably if it knows you're tied to it. <laughs> so, all right. Well, I'm trying to think. Let me look at my agenda here. Um, now, I really like Peter Heller's writing. I could see why some people wouldn't, but. It's I kind of like that, like it's, that. It's not hard to read. Yeah, well, I like that, like thought process writing. You know, it. <clears throat> I mean, it's not too different from just a normal writing, but it's kind of written in a different rhythm. You know, different prose. I really want to read one of his books. Well, you're gonna get to probably. <laughs> I hope so. He's got a whole bunch of them. Yeah, have you got it yet? I'm not sure. I wasn't here this weekend. I hadn't got mine yet. I was in Myrtle Beach. Old MBSC. Um, I got nothing else. Had fun in Colorado. Ran some miles. Climbed a mountain. What mountain? Got it. Uh, Trinchera Peak. It's not a 14, or is it? No, it was 13.5 on the dot. Me and my dad climbed it. My dad is 67 and a half. He felt it was important to note that he was a half. <laughs> so, did he kick your ass up up it? Uh, not quite, but he kicked. I mean, he kicked ass. He did really good. Was it just you two? Yeah. Yeah, we went up, and I was surprised at how well I went up it, but I'd been – I had run the two days before, so I think I was pretty well acclimated. And uh, you can't really go fast. I mean, seriously, the last quarter mile was about like this, probably going up. I mean, it was hands. It was scrambling. Barry Strava says it was like 2.88 round trip, and mm-hmm. I believe it was 100 feet per – it was 1,500 feet up so it was 100 feet per tenth of a mile which is wow. no joke yeah it was it went pretty quick but it was good hike and coming down sucked like it always does saw a couple of saw a couple of elk come down no, and, they uh, bet they came down a lot easier than you did well they were just chilling while oh. i was coming down i saw some elk just chilling three of them in velvet yep nice yeah um so that was cool and did some running all around and otherwise just sat there. Didn't have cell service for four days aside from about 15 minutes up on the mountain. What He took that time to uh, make sure his Strava workouts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that information is very important to me, John. <laughs> I also called my wife just for everyone's record. <laughs> uh, he updated the Strava first. Yeah. <laughs> I did it at the same time, but it's cool. Our campground is at 10,000 feet. It was, you know, it was, uh, the, the second to last morning we were there, the morning we climbed actually, uh, the tent, it was 37 degrees when we woke up. So, which is nice in August. And then when I was driving back that Monday after I just kept watching my slowly climb up, it peaked at 104 in Roswell. Oh, Lord. Lordy. And then it rained on me in Seminole like it always does every time I've ever driven through. Now, I was looking at that route that you took, and I was actually shocked to learn that Midland is like in the same line as the bottom of New Mexico. Mm-hmm. Same like uh, parallel. Yeah. That would be longitude i believe i think it's latitude i don't know i just know changes in latitudes changes in attitudes since we're talking about jimmy buffett yeah, going <laughs> south yeah 
I have a friend that told me this a long time ago. He latitude, uh, it's like ladder, so it's the rungs on the ladder. So I was right when I said longitude. No, it's the same parallel. So longitude it runs from north to south. Oh. Okay, I'm thinking you're saying we're further west than you thought, but you're saying no, further you're, north. You're further south than I thought oh. in relation to New Mexico. Like you're almost on the same parallel as like El Paso. Same latitude as El Paso. Yeah, pretty close. I don't know if that needs to make it into the show. <laughs> I, I was just waiting to see if it was going to go anywhere else. <laughs> What's crazy is from uh, like Amarillo and Midland too, each longitude line is like four minutes in daylight time. Mm -hmm. So I've heard. And so from like Amarillo and Midland to where we were near Kachara, Colorado is only like a 12 minute time difference on that front. But from central time to mountain time, obviously it makes a big difference so the sun was coming up real super, early yeah real early and it'd get dark at like 8 15 you know i was actually a big fan of that in, in colorado well, the sun would be up at 4 45 yeah i like that a lot that's one thing too like my wife and i would uh have this nice patio set and it was just always in the middle of the summer it's 9 30 when it's dark enough to go enjoy it outside and we're both like oh time for bed yeah that's how it is here too well and right now so there's so many damn mosquitoes that it's not even not even habitable out there so which sucks because i like to be out there mm -hmm. and bug spray doesn't seem to work they think it's like hot sauce or something <laughs> but it was a good trip so jared you got anything you know me, man. Just keep getting your miles in. Yeah, I'll try. I fell off the wagon a little bit. Back on the path. Yeah, I got hey. back. I got off the wagon too. I'm gonna actually go out here uh, in public and say that by the time you're hearing this, I need to have climbed Callaway <laughs> Peak again. Again. Um, just for everyone's knowledge, uh, if you follow me or the podcast, be looking for that story, please. Yep. <laughs> Me and me and Tyler, speaking of Santa Fe, are going up there this weekend. So, yeah, buddy, looking forward to that. Weather's looking good. Kind of hoping it'll rain the whole time, a little bit, at least in the afternoons, or when you wake up in the morning, just drink like a gallon of coffee while it's raining. But I'll I'll stay on my miles, Jared. I slipped up last week. You, you and Tyler are going to get your miles in, though? Yeah, we're going to try to do at least one run, even if it's just down the the road. Yeah. Which I think would be fun. Hell, yeah. I think it's about three miles in, and I measured it last time. but To to the road? Yeah, yeah, it's about three miles. And it's not, like, it's relatively flat other than the, the – in that you don't gain a whole lot of elevation. I mean, you definitely have hills in it. Yeah, wouldn't be like going up but, up to Lake Catherine. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Or Pecos Baldy. Or uh, I want to go to Namby Lake. Have you guys ever looked at that one? Mm -mm. Mm -mm. It's close. It's over on the Santa Fe side, but is that by the ski resort? Yeah, it looks pretty cool. I think I've seen that. That'd be fun as hell. Um, but no, you could run the road and then the road up to the rocks that we went up to, up to Yosemite. That'd be a brutal. Yeah, going up. Well, that's a rocky road too. Yeah. <laughs> Watch out for mountain lions on that one. Yeah. I think those were bear tracks. Yeah, we looked at those um, – later on and determined they were not mountain lion unfortunately they're not 
No, uh, we don't think they could be anything but bears. Oh, well, that's good news. There's lions out there, though. There's got to be. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, I heard That's some like prime lion stuff. country. I heard some crazy stuff early in the mornings. Sounded cat-like. Yeah. That was Barry. Yeah. <laughs> Do what, John? Wow. That was Barry. <laughs> Might have been. Hell no, y'all were asleep. <laughs> Upstairs purring. <laughs> Cleaning myself. <laughs> Well, me and Tyler were downstairs in separate rooms, so I don't know what was going on up there. <laughs> and shit, last year when we went, Jared was waking up at 4 a.m. every day to read. Couldn't not. Couldn't sleep any longer. I always kind of have the heebie-jeebies in that place the first I couple too. of nights. I don't know why I'm perfectly content <laughs> sleeping in a tent outside, but. It's because of the, the drums. <laughs> hasn't been the same after that oh so that's something else in this book he talks about how the backwoods of new mexico have all these weird religious cults and <laughs> like lingering indian heritage and all this stuff i'm like i experienced that shit <laughs> um, on that same topic the cat the cabin next to ours uh was up for sale and a cult was gonna buy it Oh no shit! <laughs> yeah, and the people, one of the people that live up there full time, bought it so they couldn't buy it. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Holy crap! Was it the A frame? Yeah, the one right oh, next, to like wow. that's real close. Yeah. Wow, that would be terrifying. Or those drums that night was some weird shit, though. <laughs> Dude, even that had boo spooked. Yeah. Man. When he was spooked, that's when I started getting spooked. I was yeah. Like, yeah, the dog ain't feeling it. <laughs> well, then he'd done R-U-N-N-O-F-T, too. Dude, we were... <laughs> I thought he was a goner. Dude, we were just locked up at the truck. We, we didn't know what to do. <laughs> oh, good times. We need to get out there. Why don't y'all just come on out this weekend? Uh, that's a little late. I'll see what I can do. <laughs> Wait, I got a race this weekend. Is this your 50K? 50K. God yes, damn. Let's hear first about 50K? Uh, first 50K? First. third. Official. Yeah, first chips. Yeah. He did 50K for bigger than the trail, remember? Yeah, yeah but that wasn't a race. So we were, we were talking official. Official. Yeah, Columbus, Georgia in August. Southern Fried 50-50. Yeah. Southern Fried's going to be about right, I'm sure. They have fried chicken at their aid stations. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I may have to try that. I really have been trying to dial in my nutrition. and <laughs> Fried chicken may not do it. I'm like, man, that just doesn't sound good. Fried chicken may be exactly what I need. <laughs> we'll get you a bucket. Go to churches. Hey, it's uh, – what are you supposed to do? train the way you uh, race the way you train yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah you don't ever never change your diet the week of a race or whatever it's like fried chicken it is yeah <laughs> i tell y'all when i went down to charleston for work i i somehow ended up having fried chicken like chicken strips three times and it was just all it just happened it just wasn't happened. planned it's like i pulled off on one road while driving and there was the only restaurant there that was there that's what was it bojangles no popeyes oh and then uh, the next day i was i like i did actually try to go eat at one because i like cane's chicken yeah and then the next day after that lunch didn't work out the place i went to so i'm like well fuck change it cane's is right over there so i'll just, <laughs> just go get it that was a cheap the people reviewing my spending probably like what the fuck <laughs> i spent forty dollars <laughs> for three days on food all at fast food fried chicken yeah. like john you know you can eat at a restaurant right <laughs> but is that when nigel's yeah was, was somewhat yeah i drove like 20 minutes out there and i didn't have a whole lot of time and Dang. they wanted me to wear a mask and i didn't have one so Oh, good, man. 
<clears throat> I want to go back to that biscuit place we went to, Jared. The vicious biscuit? Yeah, get me an eggs Benny on there. Mm. So good. Slap your mama. Mm. There's a good one in Asheville, too. The Twisted called, Biscuit? No, it's called... Uh, Cathead... No. Something... Anyway, they serve Cathead Biscuits. Which are biscuits bigger than a cat's head. Mm. <laughs> biscuits like this. Yeah. Anyway... John, you got anything else? That's it. Eat your chicken, folks. <laughs> Eat more chicken. <laughs> All right. No free ads. What do you have, Barry? Nothing. Read your books. An hour a day will go a long ass ways. Yes, it will. As it will for getting your miles in as well. So, and you still got 22 other hours to screw around. So. Thank you for listening to the Bourbon Bookshelf Podcast. Our aim with this show is to encourage people to read widely, enjoy good beverages in moderation, get outside, and have good conversations. We hope we can meet this goal while serving as good company for you, the listener. If you enjoy the show, please let us know by subscribing to and reviewing the podcast and following us on Instagram. If you really enjoy the podcast, please consider making a small monthly donation to help us continually improve the show. You can find the link to do this in the show notes for this episode or on our Instagram page at bourbon underscore bookshelf. Thank you and we'll see you next time.